0: Independent filmmaking is most always a struggle. And that's the thing we're going to look into with this podcast called The Independent Filmmaker. We are interviewing people of all experiences and what it took to get their films made. I'm your host, Gary Duffy, an independent filmmaker from Modesto, California. And welcome to The Independent Filmmaker. Oh, oh, oh. Guest this week is a Lok Mishra, the producer of One Bedroom. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Uh, thank you so much. It's uh, it's technically it's one, VR. It's oh, oh, one it's good. BR, it's a real estate abbreviation. Oh, it's fine. I mean, it means one bedroom, so you're not wrong when saying well, that.
0: No, no, but, but, but if somebody's searching Google searching this or searching it on a platform, they'd better spell one BR, right?
1: Yeah, no, no, it's true. And that's the only reason I mentioned it. But look, look, here's the thing. All over the world, it's called different things. Like uh, in England, you didn't realize in the English-speaking world, nobody knew what that, uh, that uh, real estate abbreviation meant. Sure. So when we went to England, they were like, England or even Australia, they were like, because we went to film festivals there, uh, supporting the film before it came out. And people were like, uh, can I just have a question? What is 1BR? And we're like, oh, this is going to be a problem. So when we actually had distributors out there, like we would like to call it Apartment 1BR. And I was like, "What about one br colon the flat?" And they were like, yeah. "No." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna fight you on it." So we did that there. And then in Japan, it's called hall And then like in, uh, in Germany, it's called Welcome and Welcome into the Nightmare or something. I don't know how to Welcome say. Welcome in into German. the nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah. Uh, you know, other places it's called different things. The g- girl in room two hundred three. But I didn't even realize that was like the apartment number. And, like, the yeah. Koreans like. The Koreans put that together for us, the South Koreans, rather. Um, but uh, yeah, it started becoming called all different things. Look, I don't care How do what you call it. How do you of that? You know, because it's a good producer you're supposed to. You're like, look, okay, here's what you point. do. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Here's what you do. Uh, you have a decent relationship with the distributor. And you realize, like, every time it sells in that territory, ask them. Say, listen, when's it going to come out there? Can you put me in touch with a, the local distributor there? Because I'd like to like see if they want to do if they want to do any press for it. We'd like to get them the actors, or get them ourselves, or get them the direct writer director, the brilliant uh, writer director David Marmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get get anyone we can, and by doing that, you have a little bit of a, a a big sort of press push in each region of the world, and it gets you awareness of the film, and people actually buy the fucking movie or rent the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So you can go to iTunes, for example. I always use iTunes because iTunes updates pretty regularly. And although they're not the top sort of like you know site to go to to rent or buy something all over the world, they actually update their charts very readily. So yeah. if you go to the bottom right of your iTunes, you'll see a, a thing. You click on this country thing, and you can then click and click on to other countries. So I can see how we're doing in Bahrain. If I go to the horror section in you know when I'm clicked on the you know Bahrain country thing, if I go there and then I, che- I check a uh, check exactly in the horror section, I can see that oh my gosh we are consistently in the top 50 or even the top 100 even now like you know was two and a half years coming out uh with regularity
0: every day but but that's and part I, of I, you too because you are a social presence on twitter i mean you are constantly well, ale- ale-
1: ale- allegedly they're there i'm not allegedly. the only person that, i'm not the only person that runs it we have we have minions but uh, I like to—I do like to run it, I'll say this. <laughs> I like to see things, I like to talk to people and like, you know, we like to pretend that it's a real cult sometimes but as well. But it keeps it fresh in it's people's really mind, though. Yeah, no, no, I, look, 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 you, you should do different, look, look, if you're really thinking about it, if you can, like while you're shooting a movie, collect so many different clips of things, right? For the first three months, you should literally put out a new clip every day when the movie's out. Uh And if you're building followers and whatever, they like the movie. I mean, if if you happen to actually have the good graces to actually have made a good movie. and Look, I tested movies for like, uh, you know, 18 years. I did market research for film for 18 years. I tested all the movies here in Los Angeles. I'm not in Los Angeles right now, but uh, I I did that for all different studios and stuff like that. And so I had a good sense of what went into making a good movie and a good sense of what went into making a, a good marketing campaign. And so what you find is that people, they do... The work of making the movie, but they never do the work of marketing the movie. Which mm. actually, if you really look at it, is sixty percent, sixty percent of the overall.
0: You know. Well, I can see that. Lifespan, nobody lifespan knows of what about you. Should. Nobody's watching it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, no, listen. It's so easy to make a movie nowadays. There's so many horror movies, right? You have to. Rate, you kind of have to rise above the noise. Is the actual idea, and so if you actually do have something that's good, because we tested it and we knew the movie, they test movies like this. How would you rate the film? Excellent, very good, good, fair, poor. And we tested very good. We didn't have enough money to be excellent, but we had enough money to be very good. And so we knew that. And so that gave us less fear of like submitting it to journalists and doing different things. And then also, you know, keeping awareness up because we know people invariably like the movie and they'll invariably tell their friends about the movie. And that's the other score that matters for you. Would you definitely recommend to a friend Well, the definitely recommends score, right? And mm-hmm. we knew we had a very high one of those. And look, look, we didn't do expensive testing or anything. We didn't have the money to do that. We just did like five little, you know, 20 person screenings where we combined all the data and we had some focus groups for each one too, because I, like, you know, I happen to know some of the best moderators in the business, So that was the thing I brought to the table in terms of like being able to have some sort of like good intel. But in doing all that, we realized we had, you know, a very good movie. And so we weren't fearful about trying to market the shit out of it. And if you ever ha- find yourself in that s- certain situation, you should do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if it has a you know potential sequel or franchise, you know sequel potential, um, you should do that because it will definitely you know help you for the next one. Right now, like, look, people are like, "Why do you always care if this movie's on this or that?" And like, you're not making any extra money. And I'm like, "Oh, but I am. I am going to make extra money when the next one comes out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the next one comes out, and you know." there's that much awareness that people have seen the first one so much so that they'll probably pay to see it in theaters, you know, like, a la, like you know, terrifier twos of the world and stuff like that. Right. And yeah. I made so much money recently, but anyway, so that's, that's, Well, I, I, I feel I your film
0: could have done well in the theaters. You know, what do I know? But yeah. I, I assume something like COVID probably, you know, screwed you guys on that.
1: Well, yeah, we were, we came out, um, april uh of 2020. And so we we're sitting there That's like the saying, yeah we we're sitting there beginning of, we were supposed to come out in theaters we were supposed to come out in like uh 15 to 20 theaters and so we were sitting there in our, the beginning of march like ah this covid thing will blow over it'll be fine um, and then by the middle of march we're like we are fucked we are yeah. proper fucked here so let's figure out how we can like you know earn pivot do whatever and figure out a different way to do this. And we did, and thankfully we did. Like, I mean, well, I, look, we had done a lot of work ahead of time too. Like we had gone like literally to 17 film festivals all over the world. Um, and, you know, we sent somebody there. It was me or, you know, our director, writer director David Marmer, or my producing partner, Shane Borrester, or even actors, we would just send the actors. Like, hey, you go to this one in Ohio, we can't make it. We're in Australia and he's over here in Telluride or whatever. Um, so we would make sure, but we sent people and we, did interviews and we got any local journalists who would talk to us. Just the amount of work that we did to put it out there, um, you know, reflects well on how well the film did at the end of the day. Because when it opened up in April, it opened up like we were like number three on like iTunes, like in the horror section and stuff. We Mm -hmm. were against like a visible man and shit. Mm -hmm. And that stuff was like not going to like, we weren't going to beat that, you know, like that point, right? Like uh, uh, long short though, it, it, it all helped do very well um, on VOD initially. And Netflix, who had rejected us twice, finally took us. And um, I mean, we literally went to them, we're like, look, this is not good the movie did. And they're like, all right, we'll take you. We'll give you the shittiest money possible, but we'll take you. We're like, ah, thank thank you, thank (laughs) you, thank you, sir. You know, like begging. And uh, you know, and then we, you know, we knew this in May. And then meanwhile, the whole summer, we go on, every, we're, we're living at home. Everyone's at home. No one's going out anyplace during COVID, right? Yeah. So I was just like, listen, how can I a 100 copies of this movie every day? You know, while it's on VOD, until it gets onto Netflix in August. Then we were opening up in England, like I said. So we did press pushes there. We did everything. It, it all kind of kept in the, the, we kept it in the general sort of public's mind. And so it kept on doing well month over month on VOD.
0: My grandparents we saw this. They're 90 years old. And they stumbled oh, wow. upon this and they watched, and they don't watch horror movies. And uh, so they're the ones who actually referred it to me. They're like, you have to watch this movie because they know I like horror movies. And so I, okay. Yeah. And so I went over there and actually watched it a second time with them. And well, You
1: know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because uh, when we, we so I, I'm going to come to that point in one second, but I'll tell you a funny thing right before that. So when we came on to Netflix, we debuted in the top five and we stayed in the top five for eight days and got to number one, in fact. And so crazy was it, like Forbes wrote an article, like who was this one BR movie that just mm-hmm. took out Jamie Foxx's Project Power? Like that was like an article that was written and we were like, that's crazy, you know? And we were very happy because everything we had done to kind of build the film up and do all the podcasts and do everything we had to do and do like, we, we would we'd do things too where, you know, listen, I'll be frank, you're a um, your distributor. We have a great partner in Dark Sky is our distributor. They do a lot of really great films. But look, look, they have a publicist and their publicist is on to the next thing. she gave give you two weeks and then she's gone. And so we would do a thing where we would like, we would look um, onto Rotten Tomatoes for a, a shitty horror movie. And we'd be like, okay, who gave that movie a good review? Okay, <laughs> let's write that person. Let's write that person. And I'm going to be like, oh, hey, listen, I'm the, I'm the producer of this film, 1BR. We're just doing a post-mortem on how our publicist did. We just want to make sure she sent you the film because we really enjoy your site and da-da-da. And they're like, oh no, they never sent me the movie. And I'm like, oh, what an injustice. Let me send you the movie right away. And we're like, well, if they like that piece of shit, they're probably going to like our piece of shit. (laughs) So we would get like more reviews and keep it constantly going to the point that we were like 88%. We're we're 88% on Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh. That is a big deal. It it, it is a big deal. People will tell you it's not. Certain publicists might tell you it's not. The reason it is, is because when you get onto Netflix, there's a bunch of different categories. You'll get to that are critically acclaimed films, Critic- critically acclaimed suspense thrillers, da da da. And you wouldn't be in those categories had you not gotten that score, right? right. And the other thing now is that uh, for these, uh, we're about to be on all these Avod platforms, and Avod is like ad supported video on demand. So there are the platforms like Peacock and Tubi and Freebie. Like Amazon has Freebie, for example, and uh, Plex, Voodoo, Zumo, I mean, Roku TV, Pluto TV. There's a ton of them. We're going to be on eight different ones January 1st. So if you haven't seen the film, please watch the film on either Tubi or Freebie. They pay us the most. Uh, so if you can, that would be lovely. But the point of it, though, is that that you, you go onto those platforms, they literally have your Rotten Tomato score right next to your fucking movie. So the fact that you have an 88%, oh, you don't know anybody's in the movie, but you got 88% certified fresh, they might take a chance. Don't watch some commercials and watch your movie and stuff. Um, so so that so that's the thing why that's important and so forth. But anyway, once we got into Netflix, it did incredibly well, and it's it's it stayed on there. We've been on there for two years now, and uh, we're actually uh leaving uh, probably as this podcast is as long on. As we're gone from there, but we are on all the other um uh AVOD platforms that I mentioned. And look, they're free. You just gotta you know give them your email address or something, and you get on there watch like three, four commercials, you're good. And it's free. One BR is for the people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start from uh, a little bit from the beginning of of how One BR came to be. Uh, I I read the article that you sent me and it was a very Mm -hmm. good article. And uh, it sounds intense. You guys ran Mm -hmm. into some stuff that you just thought for sure you were screwed. And then magically, it sounds like things just kind of worked out for you and you guys just kept pushing forward. And you made Well, it. I mean, look, here's,
1: here's the thing. The way it started off was that uh, one of the other uh, writer producers, uh, sorry, one of the other producers on the film is a guy named, uh, there's two guys, um, Alan Cantor and Jared Murray, and they are managers. And they are David Marmer, our writer director's managers. And I happen to be friends with them through my uh ex-wife uh one she went to high school with allard and so we had one of those douchebag lunches you know mm-hmm. talk about what you're working on and whatever bullshit and he sent me two scripts which i didn't read for six months and finally i had another project that fell through and i was like i need to find a new project and so i started reading scripts like crazy and one br was one of them the other one was tragedy girls by the way which is an excellent movie if you haven't seen that before tragedy on. girls oh fantastic film um but uh I met with David Marmer, loved the script, met with David Marmer, and my writing producer, My sorry, my he's a writer-director, my producing partner, uh, he also enjoyed the you know, film. We're like, we got we to gotta get this, we got to get this, and this is going to be our first movie, let's do it. And for us, the thing was this, we actually self-financed it along with actually David Marmer, and we were like, look, I don't care if this thing loses money, but we just got to make a good movie. And so, you know, you we, we saw from this article, there's a Movie Maker Magazine article. If you just look up that at 1BR, you'll find it it's about all the bad things that ever happened on the film. But we knew that, like, look, whatever happened on the film, even if it to go back and reshoot, which we did, actually, at the end of the day, we had to go back and reshoot the... Uh, we, we shot initially for um, 15 days. Then um, we realized we didn't have the ending we wanted. And so we went back another four days in... A, 2017 December is when the first shoot was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2018, um, I think, end of August September was the second four days we got. So we can 19 I, can I ask days. I if the
0: ending, ending changed. Like, is there oh, a bunch from, of the, from the about
1: it? from the original the original thing we had? I hated it. I didn't want it. I I wanted these other endings, but we had had to cut them because of time. We didn't have time to film them. And I was like, I'm going to tell you this right now. We're going to come back and do reshoots because this is bullshit. I can just tell you. Yeah. And we actually ended up shooting two more endings just to make sure that we got whatever. And we just went back into some other things we didn't get. And anyway, long story short, um, we shot that stuff in just basically the beginning of September, end of well, August of 2018. And we tried to like, you know, cut together something really quickly. We'd already, you know, cu- cut together a film, but we, you know, tried to drop in the ending and other things and try to make it work. But, you know, it needed to be massaged more. And we thought, ah, we're gonna miss Sundance, we're gonna miss like whatever. And we you know we we sent it to all those festivals. And we got rejected like 17 different times until we finally had the film in a good state. And then the film festivals that had rejected us before were calling us, you know, once we had gotten into Fantasia, World premiere there, they mm-hmm. were calling us, like, hey, listen, I, I really want to take a look at this film. Like, oh, you already saw it and you rejected us. And they're like, like, must have finished yeah i guess but you know so that was pretty funny uh, we played a couple of those and that was nice um nice vindication of sorts but that's, yeah. a, that's a nice lesson if you guys learned too is that you'd never submit something once it's completely done and i'll tell you the truth like even if you have a relationship and we had relationships with, like sundance and like you know south by southwest and whatever it didn't matter because the truth of the matter is these people can't look with better eyes like they they can't see i come from a world of testing movies where things are like you know sometimes years away from being done, you know? Um, You know, if you, you test a kid's movie, you might just be testing like stick figure drawings of certain parts of the movie because it's so far from even being, you know, animated yet realized or whatever. And anyway, I can look with better eyes, but there's nobody, there's, there's very few people in this world, especially like some kid who's like getting paid, like, I don't know, 20 bucks an hour to screen films maybe, uh, to then pass on to his like, you know, overlord film festival director whatever it is that kid can't see better he's not gonna he's gonna reject that film so my my advice actually in this context is that always just wait till it's done wait till it's color corrected just send it out mm. when it's done i mean there's, there's very few opportunities they're gonna get back again really to actually um get a no. second chance you'll never you never will you never yeah. will. So you might as well have a good the first time you send it out. That's that's a nice piece of advice that we garnered from that adventure.
0: Yeah, because once somebody's already seen it, and if they didn't like it, chances are they're going to watch it again.
1: Yeah. Huh. Exactly.
0: All right. So you guys got the ball rolling. You guys are about to go into production, and then you guys how should I put this? Um, you had a few, you had an actress and an actor signed on to go. And I'm just going to say, they they screwed you guys. Yeah. Well, we, you know, what happened was this:
1: um, Nicole Bryden Bloom, who eventually played Sarah in such a, like, I mean, iconic way. She was actually our first choice, and then this other very seducting, seduct, a sed, seductress. Let's say, I guess. i sorry, am I <laughs> speaking proper English? I'm. By the way, I'm drinking right now. Um, I, <laughs> just everyone knows. Um, no, no, but she. I can't say who it was.
0: No, I Wish it could. No, yeah.
1: There's li- there's libel involved or whatever. Yeah. But this horrible person, this lady, uh, who is, you know, a huge actress today. Like, I mean, she's a she's a well-known TV actress. She came to us. She was like, I think the, the script is great. And we're like, how did you get the script? <laughs> I like think the whole, oh God, the whole you... script. We had sides, but we're like, okay. Yeah. So
0: somebody gave it to her. All
1: right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I know who it was. But look, look, look. Okay. Think of it as this this woman she changed the game for us like we're like oh my gosh we're gonna be in the black immediately in the black that's crazy like this we're we're you know we're living under some sort of really blessed sort of like circumstance you know we have to say yes and david did not want to say yes David was like no 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 nicole's apart and i'm like we like we're literally like, put a gun to your head marmer like we're like <laughs> it's like a thing like hey, you gotta do this you know and so you know, we literally tracked him in a room and he was like, okay, fine. I'm like, look, look, you can fly up to fucking Vancouver twice and work with her and get her into whatever shape you think you need to get into. We'll pay for that. You know, and he's like, okay, okay. That makes me feel better. And so we did all of that. And we did all of that. And then meanwhile, this is a nice tip for you too, for your, for your listeners. Um, never hire um, a, a friend, I'm doing uh. air quotes right now, or allegedly a boyfriend of your lead actress. Um, because if she decides to drop out, then sure enough he will too.
0: Well and if they and get into an argument this, or whatever, they break up.
1: Who knows? Like who look, knows? Here's what here's what I know. I know that she was working really hard on some like, you know, shitty version of like uh Buffy, like retarded version of Buffy. And then he was working on some retarded version of uh, some sort of vampire thing. Some like vampire thing on the CW that I've never fucking watched. It's yeah. had like two or three series, I wanna say. And uh, I and I thought like, look, if if he's good enough for the CW, good enough for us, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but what ha- what happens is that like we go to a, a gelson's to pick up a feminine energy drink that she requires in her the writer. What was that? Well, I can't say what it was because no, was no, so not nice not the stuff. actual
0: energy drink, but who does that?
1: Well, a lot of people do. Really, I mean, it's like you, you. I mean, you know, like fucking, you go see a band. They're like, I need all the green M and M's, right? Like they have seen on a Wayne's stuff.
0: World, the movie, you know, they're talking about but Dell wanting a couple of M and M's. But that's true for bands. Why wouldn't it be true for actors? I mean, that doesn't. I mean, I get it. it proves that you read through the contract. I get that, but to really pull the trigger on that, come on. Well, what, what, what actually would what happen is, is that we have
1: the um the company that makes the drink, and we're going to give them some product product placement. And they yeah. send us literally like a whole pallet full. Like, I mean, from the from the floor to almost the roof, full of that drink. But it wasn't going to get here until two days after we started shooting. Uh-oh. So I was like, all right, I got to find where this drink is at. And then like the place I found was a like Marina Del Rey. I had to drive like across the city at Gelson's, which is like a high-end market in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I had to get this drink and I get a case of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is this enough? How much does this girl drink? Like, uh, I, I can't see this more. So I asked the manager, I was like, listen, you got any in the back? He's like, oh, I don't think I do. I'm like, can you just check? And, and they're like, all right, I'll check. Meanwhile, her agent calls us, right? Right when I go have this guy ch- go check, she's like, she's out. Doesn't give a reason. She's just like, she's out. And then we get a call, like, I mean, like like one, two punch in the, uh. the, the balls, let's say. Like, that's the first, you know, dick punch. And the second dick punch was like, then like five minutes later, like the other guys, uh, her friend's, you know this fucking CW vampire fucker. Uh-huh. Um, his his agent calls up, he's out too, and we're like, oh my god, this is awful. Like, you know, I may have allegedly mortgaged an already paid off house to make this movie. By the way, allegedly, a lot of people. do but, some crazy
0: uh, stuff, man. To yeah, stuff so you made. do what you, you do you do what you do.
1: You bet right. on yourself. And so I'm just like going to throw up in this gelsons. And then the then the manager comes back and he's like, I found another game. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want like, your fucking drink. I was like, we don't need it. We don't need the first one. Like, we're done. <laughs> so we go, we go uh, to a bar right after. We realized that, like the, the Miss Stanhope character, I think we got that too, right? The Miss Stanhope character, dropped out as well. No, no. Oh, okay. So what happened was that um, we went to a bar, and the lady who was supposed to play Miss Stanhope, her husband uh, had collapsed and rushed to the hospital and he died. Oh my! We'd God. We lost three people literally in the span of like I don't know, just so many, like you know, an hour. And we were shooting on a Thursday and this was Monday. We decided to back everything up one week. We called Nicole Bryden Bloom, who lives in New York. And it's kind of interesting in her own way because like she's coming out to LA just like sort of Sarah did. Stranger yeah. in a stranger land kind of thing. So this sort of actually helped her for the role. And we got her out here uh, by by Friday, I wanna say it was. We, like I said, moved everything to the next Monday. Uh, she came out got three hours rehearsed with David. That was it like that's all and she she got every fucking line every nuance whatever she, she, that was, all, she was
0: there that she, that girl's she, good she, dude
1: she's amazing i mean she can cry eight different ways this lady um anyway so fast forward to friday we're sitting there we still don't have mr Sandhope, we still don't have the brian character and uh i am i'm freaking out i'm calling my friends. hey please send me older uh older uh lady actor's who can, you know, fill this role. And I get the Susan Davis is real. And there's mm-hmm. a number at the end of it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to call this number thinking I'm going to get like, you know, basically uh, her agent or manager. Not so much. I get her. And I'm like, oh, wow. highly inappropriate. But I'm going to pitch to the movie and I'll pitch to us as well. And so she's like, by the end of it, she's like, I've never been in a cult movie before. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh I think I'm interested. And this is at 9.30 a.m., sign her by 11.30. Now, cool. fast forward to that night. We're sitting there like it's almost 6.37 at night and we're calling our friends. You know, we know at Blumhouse and different places. We're like, hey, tell CAA or WME to stay open late and help us find the last person. We need this. You know, we're starting on Monday. So people are trying to help us. And um, we get a call finally from Gersh, uh, another you know great agency uh who actually rips both nicole and giles maddie who plays brian and and it was giles maddie saying yes to the role and we're like why did he take all day like you know and they're like well he was driving down from san francisco and he pulled over to the side of the road and he just uh, read his part like his part on the phone and he said yes and we're like that's <laughs> insane but we'll take it you know and we're like i, I wonder if we're gonna shoot a movie on monday and, and indeed we did so that was like a You know, one of the probably if you ask me what the worst day was. Yeah. I mean that was a set of worst days.
0: Oh, I would think so. Probably the
1: worst day. But there was there was a lot of worst days on this shoot. Like I think production is a horrible, horrible thing. I mean, you know for
0: you, you had to be stressed out because you actually you know, it it sounds like you took a loan out on your home. Like I for a movie once I pawned my car and I thought that was a big deal. But what you did was a very big deal.
1: Well, I figured I could make it back one day. And I figured this, this this the script was strong enough.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, my wife at the time, who's my soon-to-be ex-wife, yeah, was going along with it. But uh, you know, yeah, you, you know, you you know, it's what it is, unfortunately. Uh, it works though, you, dude. You, you you bet on yourself and you see what happens. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Oh. I mean, it's a wild, wild west with independent film, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, you're Robert Rodriguez selling your plasma, doing yeah. experiments, like you know, be able to fund you know, whatever it is. And then you know, obviously you make a career out of it. You bet on yourself.
0: So yeah. that's what's happened. Yeah. At
1: least in this, hopefully in this case, you, you got it made. You did it. Yeah. So
0: from there, so you finally get this cast together, which is awesome. You know, Bob Ross's happy accidents, you know, everything yeah. kind of like fit like every person you had on there from a, from a, uh, an audience point of view, from my point of view, just worked. I mean, they looked like they would be in a cult. They acted like they'd be in a cult and but from there, there's other things going on that that people are people don't know about. It's like, oh shit, there's a fire. Well, yeah, we had a, we had a
1: fire when we were in pre-production, and we didn't know if our offices were there or not. So we were looking at like Google Earth every like five minutes to see, can you see the office? But the thing yeah. was, it was it was um right next to the uh, veterans uh graveyard, the huge veterans graveyard on the west side in Los Angeles, and we're like, there's nowhere they're gonna let the veterans like be you know. No, they got killed in war. We're gonna let their like, you know, gravesite be decimated by fire. Like, no, they were bringing in like the big like like planes and just dropping water like everywhere and stuff. Like, they were they were doing what they had to stop that. But yeah, it was very touch and go for like six days. We just had to move all the uh, office stuff to my house and do it out of there. And um, yeah, we were freaked out about that for sure. That was that was another trial and tribulation that we had to like you know work through before we even shot out shot a you know a second of film
0: oh my god uh another question i'd like to ask so now we're in production uh where the heck do you find an apartment building to rent i mean did you guys rent an apartment building well you know it was a it was a
1: fully functional apartment building and uh they had actually shot something there before and so <sighs> people were like oh they're used to it and even people were like Can I be in the movie? And I'm like, for sure. I just signed this waiver right here, you know, (laughs) free extra. Hell yes, let's do this. So it was, it was mostly, we mostly had positive experiences. There were some times where there were some dogs barking and, uh, you know, I was just like, can you just go fucking knock knock on the door over there and give them $20 and say, let's take this dog for a walk and you go with them. You go, we walk with them, make sure they're out of here for like 25 minutes at least, you know, so we can get this shot. So that was, that was you know that's that's always a challenge with whatever, but you know by and large it was a good experience. And we had to go there we had to go there for that and also there for the reshoots and stuff too as well. so um we were able to like pull off what we had needed to pull off and in my in my uh, imagination, I was like i actually at the time had lived uh, uh, well during COVID, I lived down the street from that apartment complex that we had shot at and i would i my my uh my a uh, german shepherd who'd have to go for vet treatments and just literally uh right around the corner from the vet was that apartment complex oh. so i'd go there and i would like just videotape and be like hey what's up
0: <laughs> So you're already kind of visualizing that apartment complex
1: well no no you know it was mm-hmm. we all we all kind of picked it like it was something that like you know david was the final say on it but all us were like look the thing looks like the kind of place people live in southern california when you first get to Southern california Everyone has lived in one of those stucco apartments, right? And it's uh, that people are usually not as friendly. That's the truth of it. Everyone you know, kind of sticks to themselves. Um, it has a pool in the center. It has kind of a Melrose Place kind of feel to it. And people who, are, who live in California are used to those kind of places. This place looked exceptionally more uniform and almost prison like in a certain respects, too. It, it, and so we were like, look, back. just just look at this, we have to say yes to this place. And plus, we only have one more place to go look at and if we don't say yes to this, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. Like, you know, we, had, we had a place originally we thought was great and then like, like the day before, or two days before, you know, we we're going to like settle and everything, they were like, we want like, 5,000 more. We're like, we don't have the money. Like, th- that was the best offer we could make. But well, fuck you, go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself for this, you know?
0: Yeah, so we're,
1: we're going to talk to the people, the casting people, the, sorry, the location people. We're going to tell them you guys are like fuckers, you know? Like, so anyway, it was, it was, it was happy. It was, again, a happy accident that we ended up with that place, a place that I think was even better than the place we had originally
0: wanted. In it town. looks like a compound. It looks like people yeah. are not getting out unless they are allowed out. Yeah, that was the thing, and and try not to give David, too much away of the film for people who haven't seen it.
1: Well, I mean, they, they should, we should put something at the very beginning of this whole thing, saying, "Look, just go watch the movie Boiler. first Yeah, go watch it before you before you listen to this. Just go watch it. Like it's a yeah. tight ninety minutes. You won't regret it. Uh, you no, know, you it's eighty-eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. So somebody likes it besides my mom. <laughs> uh, you know, so you'll you'll like
0: it. I, I hopefully you will like it. I think you will. So there's some horrible things going on in this movie to, to this, to this woman. What do you know if there was any true crime elements that kind of inspired the events that happened to this person?
1: Oh, most certainly. I mean, look, I mean, every fiction has some truth and uh, like, uh, you know, there was uh, lots of different cults that sort of were an amalgam of this one. Uh, Sinanon is one that was a, uh one in the 60s late 70s that was a uh, a drug i call it drug rehab cult that the, i mean the government was sending right. these people people right. because literally like there wasn't a lot of help for drug addicts and stuff like that and these people were like no no no, we can help you but then it became more sort of a cult of personality and like you know we all gotta like you can't ever leave like this area because you'll always go back to drugs
0: Whoa, and so i've never heard they, of that um
1: yeah, yeah, we should look it up. It's, um, it's, uh, they moved up north eventually and then they decided to all shave their heads. And so you'll notice there's a little movie made by a little filmmaker named Jared Lucas. That was his first movie called, uh, THX, uh, know, 1148 or whatever. never heard
0: of the guy. Had
1: a lot of of, yeah. Never well, it has, that movie in particular had a lot of, uh, sci fi, whatever, had a lot yeah. of bald people in it. Yeah. And those bald people happen to be from that fucking cult. No kidding. As they were looking for bald extras and they're like, we're all bald. Let's, I could all be in this movie.
0: I've seen that and,
1: movie. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's a lot of those people in that movie are from that <laughs> cult. Oh my God. So, but they had the best intentions. And of course, there ends up with some murder and stuff. And they actually did a, like an NBC movie of the week, like back in the day about it and stuff, like, you know, in the 70s. And yeah. um, so, I mean, obviously, elements of that, obviously, elements of like, you know, I'll, I'll rhyme it. I'm not going to say it, but biontology? uh-huh um you know i i don't want to say you know we don't want to say that too much because i've been seeing a lot of commercials for them right now like on tv and i'm like what's yeah. going on here
0: are they yeah. coming
1: back like isn't the thing yeah guy? we are
0: no i'm not i'm uh, kidding i'm not
1: but yes. i mean yeah <laughs> well long short though like um you know obviously clearly there are elements of that uh that place or whatever um yeah, I mean it's it's an amalgam of things, obviously. There's not one one uh place that's but I mean look, look, here's the thing we were like, you know, David is an inspiration I've, I've done so many podcasts that I can repeat what he would tell you. Like, look, i at least calls start off with the best intentions. No one, you know, even like Nexium, everyone's like, ah, you guys are you know about Nexium. We're like, Okay, look, the branding, whatever we do. This we that was years ago before they even started doing it. We had written the script with that in it, you know. So but, but these things turn out to be a cult's personality, turns out to be a thing where people feel like they're wronged at some point, or like, you took my life from me and I'm gonna fuck you up for it. And like, so like all these things are kind of true to life for what happens with normal cults and stuff. Um, it, it just so happens that, you know, when this movie came out, the other thing that was very meta about it, it came out during a time of COVID, right? And people would tell you, like, look, you're coming out in time. People can't go out, you know, do the stuff they normally do. They're looking at their neighbors with a side eye, like, are you fucking vaccinated? Are you fucking wearing a mask? Are you it fucking, like you know, that. like, yeah. I mean, people are looking at people like that. That was another sort of element to the film that sort of like, sort of played out and people, you know, would comment on it, like, oh my God, it's like we're living through this. And I'm like, we didn't mean it that way, but uh, yeah, maybe it is this way. <laughs> yeah. So, that was an interesting element to it too. If you think about the cults and think about everything that relates to your neighbors and so forth. So yeah, that was, uh, hope I answered the question. (laughs) Oh no,
0: you absolutely did. You absolutely did. Um, so you're going through this uh, production and and it sounds like things start just clicking right along, right? Things are going okay. That's what it sounds like uh, from, from what I've read and and some of the interviews I listened to, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Oh no, this the the handsome felon story is that we're talking about? No,
0: no, what's that? talking?
1: Oh, it's the the Van got The, the sorry, the, oh yes, the, the... no, that
0: is what I was about to lead on to. Oh, yes.
1: so so we we call this story the handsome felon story. Okay. so we're, de- we're we're like in days seven or eight or whatever, and like we were parking the trucks outside our production offices, which they didn't burn down. You know, F Y I. And this 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 neighborhood is not a bad neighborhood. It's like it's a busy street, it's a Palveta. It yeah. we have three box trucks that are you know parked you know there, and we have a parking PA who's in the middle one to make sure these things don't get stolen. Sure enough, like this night, at two o'clock in the morning, this uh, white Escalade with no plates pulls up, and these three guys get out and they break into the first truck, not knowing in the second truck there's a parking PA, and I, I, I will say, allegedly, maybe he had some sort of firearm. It probably would have been bad if they had gone into that truck. These guys rush off with the first truck, in eight minutes, they're gone. And all of them are gone. So this guy gets in his own car, gives chase to this truck, and he's on the phone with the police, and he's just like, you know, and am like, sir, you need to stand down. We'll take care of it. He's like, no, no, no. I will not stand down until this person is apprehended, until the car, the cop cars are behind this truck, you know? So yeah. they go across all these different freeways and there's a iconic like felix the cat sign in uh near usc and that's and that's where everything goes down is next to usc right near that sign in fact um they're you know he's there dri- he's this fucking felon and is driving his car they drive his truck rather and all of a sudden like three cop cars rush in and then the uh the, the helicopter light goes on the truck and now actually it's a televised high-speed chase and so they give chase and this guy guns the truck and fucks up the engine. I got to pay all this money for the deductible, motherfucker. And uh, they, they finally get him and they say that LA cops are not nice, but they were quite nice to this guy because they pull him out of the truck and he's a handsome dude. Uh-huh. He looks like, you know, if it was Brad Pitt and he hadn't quite made it yet and, you know, had to try turn to a life of crime because he remember being able to boost the trucks back in Ohio or something. And they're nice to this guy. They're, they're taking care of the Facha. His face is fine. And I'm like, bashing his head and you know also by the way this is on the news at this point yeah they're being um, watched yeah yeah but the funny thing is uh and this is me being a producer if you want to see everything i'm talking about this entire like uh episode of the handsome felon and on the tv and everything else it's actually on the blu-ray uh it's on the blu-ray in an interview that we did at fantasia uh, where we showed the footage from the uh high-speed chase and the you know whatever the, 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 the so if you want to pick up the blu-ray it's the u.s uh canada one i want to say not the uh other ones around the world but okay. uh, that one in particular has uh i mean a good amount of interviews and different things like this but in particular it has the handsome felon story and the handsome felon on it but uh, that's that's what happened this guy um He's part of a truck stealing ring that's never been caught. He's new to the ring. He turns state's evidence. He's supposed to pay me restitution at some point. I've never seen a dime. You're not. But, uh, <laughs> but essentially, uh, that's the story. And uh, we we basically. Um, so your movie didn't took tell the down cast. a crime ring. Well, we didn't tell the cast. This is like a day of shooting, right? This is like in the yeah. morning. We just tell them we're starting an hour late. And we were able to get all the equipment out of the one truck into another truck, get it to the set. And didn't tell anybody about it until actually, like when we were debuting at Fantasia, we told the actors, and we told David when we were at one of the rap parties. Like you know, it was, you know, it was funny. Like we didn't want people to think about it. We didn't want people to gossip about it. We want you should be fucking thinking about your role in this movie yes. and just fucking go do your job. You know, that's that's what we did.
0: Yes, yes. Ooh. So we're talking. Let's let's go ahead and touch on the Blu-ray here, because it it's I want to buy it. And I was actually looking for the Blu-ray because I wanted to watch it before this interview and I was looking to see if there was director's commentary or anything like that. Unfortunately, not none of that stuff is on there for this one.
1: Okay. But um, we're hoping uh, for if we're going to, you know, when we release the sequel, they might release a special edition okay. and maybe we'll have like the two other alternate endings that you never saw. And oh, maybe we'll that. have some director's commentary and maybe we'll have like, you know some actors commentary because the actors like you know they have been the most amount of fun with us and we love them and uh they're like they they still come on the podcast with us like sometimes like you know if we can get them and wrangle them it's holiday season right now we're doing this so it's unfortunate we couldn't get some of them but they have uh they were they they were the ones that made this movie happen and whether it be taylor nichols who played jerry or, or Naomi um, Grossman, who played uh, Janice, uh, you know his wife, uh, or uh, Clayton Hoff, who was Lester. Obviously, Nicole brighton Bloom and Gerald Matty, uh, Sarah and Brian, respectively, and the Stanhope, uh, Susan Davis. All these actors really made the movie, and they have been so great at supporting it. So I would love for them to have like a, a, a commentary. Rack on whatever special edition oh, you we'll put so. out. You know the problem is that you don't make that much money off of these things. That's that's the real problem. Yeah. Off of this, like it's tough. Like if I'm making two dollars off of this. Yeah, why the dude. fuck am I going to this much
0: trouble for two dollars? You know, it's like we're, because we're, the fans you know, love you. That's why.
1: I know, and people like you know, like they like the the physical media. Grab you, grant you that. But like I normally kind of, yeah.
0: will not buy a movie unless there's commentary of some type. But that's just me because I'm a geek.
1: Well, we have a we have a ton of interviews, so it's almost like commentary. fairy. Right. Um, well, and so
0: I, you know, nice. I think it's worth it.
1: I'm mean, a yeah. handsome fella. Come on, that's yeah.
0: that's worth it. <laughs> no, I'm looking at you right now.
1: <laughs> I, I am a handsome fella. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: all, um, right. all right. So you guys have wrapped. There's 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 no more craziness going on on set and all that good stuff. Was there ever a point in time where you felt like you could just breathe a sigh of relief? As to be like, I don't have to worry, this is this is gonna work. Um, you gotta be feeling stressed through this. I would think anyways. I would be When we
1: when we started testing it, we started feeling like, okay, I feel like people understand what what we try to do here. Yeah. And I feel like look, we don't know what the world thinks yet, but I know that we know that we can be confident that we have something good. Because like that's what we did that's what I did for 18 years, I like, tested movies. So I'm like, all right, we, we can't believe the audience. Like, look, there were things we learned from the testing that like, look, okay, look, in the in the trailer, it has this, so I don't think I'm giving anything away. But there is a there's a cat that dies in this movie. Okay, there's a cat that dies. And it's in the trailer, like I said. So we're not trying to like hide it from anybody. We don't wanna like, you know, what is it, To uh, trigger people as the kids say now and whatever. Um so you know, we have that. And to be frank, I wanted to see more of that cat. I wanted to see that cat like it's it's in an oven, by the way. Uh come out of the oven, its eye explode and like it go crazy or run around the room and set the room on fire. I wanted to see a lot of different shit. Yeah. But we learned from the test audience is that they didn't want to see that. And the fuck they did not want to see that. They were just like, We need less of it. And so we learned from that. I lost that argument from the testing. And we realized we shouldn't have too much of it. Now, here's the thing. Were they right? I think absolutely they were right. I mean, we couldn't really get away without killing the cat, unfortunately, just the way things were structured. But people, when they give us a bad rating, and this is probably the reason our um, viewership score is lower usually on like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it is, uh, is because literally people will like, type in a review like, I, ne- I, heard there was a- I heard you killed a cat in this movie. I didn't even watch it. Half a star, you know, like you they'll, see they'll, they'll for like a like
0: second, and you don't even see the cat. The it oven doesn't even look. Doesn't, it doesn't funny. even
1: look good. Like I mean, the 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 uh, uh, prop department, like they did a great job overall in the movie, but this was not their best work. And to the point that we had actually put so much extra VFX smoke all over this piece of shitty-looking plastic that yeah. doesn't look real at all. That literally, if you turned your head for one second and came back, you would not have even seen anything, and you could just understood what went on. But people's feelings are very specific when it comes to you can kill a 100 human beings, you can kill one fucking cat. You know, yeah. it's
0: like, it's, it's what it is. But the cat something needed to that, die, though, in this script.
1: And it did. It did. You know what it is? David Warmer loves cats. I mean, he has like two cats. He's just, like, If you ever had him in an interview, he'd have cats walking all over the screen like this, <laughs> going back and forth. Okay. And like, he really does. And it's because it's the worst thing you could imagine. Mm-hmm. He loves cats that much that like, this is the worst thing you can imagine. So if people look at that context, they really can't. Blame us for having done this because that's the worst thing you can imagine. And at the end of the day, my point is this. We learned a lot. from the We learned that we shouldn't do that. We learned all these different things. And it helped us feel better about the film in general. The next step that we had to kind of get through, the next hurdle was actually getting it into a good festival. And we had a really great ally in that. Um, my buddy, Peter Polk, uh, who is uh, the um, he's the producer for all of Ty West stuff. So okay. He did like X and like uh and uh, uh what am yeah. oh, I for Pearl House of the Devil, but i was thinking Pearl. Um, he was like, look, I think this film's great. I don't understand why it's not hadn't gotten into festivals yet. I was like, well, because it wasn't finished. He's like, yeah, that may be true, but look, I'm gonna try to help you try to get Fantasia, yeah. and he did. And once we got to Fantasia, he also helped us get our distributor, uh, Dark Sky. Um, So he was a good ally in that way. So once we did all those things, it all kind of fell into place. Like, once, once, like it's like it's like literally, you're the geeky girl who goes away in the summer, and you come away, come back, and you have breasts, and your braces are off, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, I love you!" And like, where were you? At the beginning of the, you know, right. whatever summer, like so that's but that's what happened. Like, second we got into Fantasia, then everyone was like, "Oh, I want I want you, I want you." Blah, blah, blah. we're like, oh, "All right, all right, we'll see." No, so we strategically figured out where we we're gonna go and how we could afford to go there, and we did it. And it was a it was a great idea to do it because you want to do it as first time filmmakers, because you want to basically meet with all the festival directors. So hopefully next time you have something, you don't have to fucking pay fifty bucks and apply. You can just call them on the phone, and be like, "Hey." What's up, motherfucker? Come right. on, you remember me? me? You, you, yeah, you like me? Come on, man. You know, uh-huh. but it's it's, it's about that too. It's about campaigning. It's about different things. So, oh. we did all those things, and um, and then it helped us overall with awareness of the film all over the world. Once we did open, like I said, in April, like in the US, we started opening up sort of all over the world. After you know, after the Netflix release in the US, we were open in, I don't know, Japan. They're open in Germany, in you know, all, all of the Scandinavia. And in all these places, we were, like, in the top two or three, if not number one.
0: This is a lot because I it's mean, a different culture in some of those places. And so if they well, don't what you're but, making. But you, no, no, no. But here's the thing.
1: It's weird. Like, it's weird who really, like, likes stuff on quite a lot. Like, the Middle East, it has literally been in the top 100. It's been the top – was been the top 25 for a year. Wow. Then the second – here is the top 50 and right now it's in the top 80. I couldn't figure out why it was like, I'm, I'm wondering, the Middle East was one of the only places we opened up like theatrically. Uh, and it was a thing where it, if you're in a hundred person theater, they had 25 seats. And so we had one friend who lived there who went to go see, who was watching the film. It's all women. And we were like, I wonder if it's like, they think this is their life and they're trapped. And like, you know what I, mean?
0: like, I bet you it I is. Know. It, I, it, it sort I
1: mean, of. Listen, I, I, I don't I don't postulate a you know a idea. I wonder if it's the case. But listen, here's what I care. Just go keep watching the movie. Keep renting the movie.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> that's the main thing. I don't want to be political about it. I'm just saying, like that's a crazy thing, though, right? We were like number one in like New Zealand and Australia for like. Two we're talking weeks. worldwide. Yeah. No, 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 For for, for their iTunes horror, let's call yeah, it. Yeah. Like, no, we, but still. We, I would take, Still, but yeah, no, So we're number one there, number one in like four Middle Eastern countries. Altogether, we were number one in ten countries, including the uh, South America. We were like, for some reason, it was like I don't know El Salvador and I think Argentina and Mexico, whatever. Like it, it was ten countries altogether thus far that it was number one in, and like I I really do feel it was because we did a lot of like you know campaigning for it grassroots like going to film festivals and whatever and then when we open up in those territories asking our distributors hey listen you got anybody you want us to meet with we'll have interviews we'll do whatever we'll like you know let's do it let's let's do this thing because you do that and then you know you sell more couple more copies but you get more awareness out there for the movie and that's the main thing if you're doing a sequel which we're going to do um so that's 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 the main sort of crux of us doing everything we do is for the sequel i mean i want to make some I want to make some Terrifier 2 money, son. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. it's uh, it's uh, it's not, it's not wasted on me that 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 movie made such a had a had a great sort of awareness about it. From basically, you know, its first film to the, you know, actual Terrifier. Let's say 2016. Six years later, uh-huh. they didn't spend any money on marketing that film. Shot up at 250 thousand dollars. Movies made almost 13 million dollars to date.
0: Yeah, that's a nice it,
1: It's it's so super violent. It's so out there. That I can see, like why it's made the money. Like I mean, it's good. I mean, it's good. I watched it the first time and I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" Like this is, I, I, I can't believe I'm an adult man watching this movie and it's just like so horrible. This movie is so fucking disturbing. Then I watched the second time and I was like, "This is fine." It
0: was fun. It was a fun film. <laughs> but the
1: first time you're like, "What am I doing with my life?" <laughs> like, <this is> <laughs> like uh, you know. Um, anyway, but look, look, I would, I would, I would die to have their success. And in fact, the second one. We are planning a theatrical release for it, and we you know, think that based on what we know we've done on Netflix and so forth, yeah. we know that uh, it's going to be, hopefully, a substantial turnout, hopefully. Well, Fingers you, crossed.
0: You absolutely have my ticket. I, I will be there. I um, uh, appreciate that. One more question. Sure. And was there ever – how should I put this? What do you feel was your best day out of this entire production? you talk to any
1: producer their favorite thing to hear on set is moving on moving on <laughs> we got the shot moving on we're going to make our day we're going to do whatever that's 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 the best so- i mean money grubbing producers i'm thinking of some obscene hand gestures in some way yeah, like yeah. money grubbing <laughs> hand gestures you can't see it cuz we're doing audio but uh look money grubbing producers are money grubbing producers like i didn't like we, we shot there in christmas thinking we would get people for cheaper right yeah. not Knowing what that to do, then reshoots, and then that's a lot more money than so we were planning on spending. But uh, look, I mean.
0: Hey, but if you're putting up the cash, you'd better be searching for money uh, coming back to you. I don't blame you one bit. Absolutely be a money I mean, look,
1: every, every day, every, like, look, during COVID, I was, th- my thinking was, I like, woke up every morning, how many more podcasts can we do? How many more, like, reviews can I garner? How many, like, I mean, our, our, uh, our person, our publicist person got us under 40 reviews. We have 83 reviews now, right? Right. Who do you think got the other 43 reviews? Yeah. Like, it was a thing where, like, look, you, you, I'm going back to a central tenant I was trying to deliver to your audience. 60% of it is marketing the film. That's the main thing. I know I'm not answering your thing of, like, what was my happiest day. My happiest day was when we weren't shooting anymore. My happiest day when I was thinking about marketing plans and thinking about, like, how can we make this different? like from our social media point of view, but when you go on our Twitter, I'm not saying it's me, it could be anybody, but you know, we always kind of treat it like it's a real cult. Like, so people will invite you to dinner parties and stuff. They'll say, well, thank you so much. You are trying to get an invitation to a dinner party. I can just tell we're just down the street. We'll see you soon. Like we'll say shit like that. Just the, I mean, it's funny, but also just because it keeps people engaged. It's, it's weird. And like, you know, We'll put up different, you know, pictures from Netflix or whatever. They have this one picture where I swear to God, they were trying to make a, uh, a holiday film out of the movie based on the poster. It's like, it's, it's, it's the only, it's called the happy poster. And I've literally only seen it one at a time. And I saw it like Halloween weekend. And I was like, what the hell? It's like Miss Stanhope and like Sarah looking so happy together. Uh-huh. And it's almost like, let's make up a story about this. So we did. We were like, uh, this is like a, a you know, holiday movie where, you know, Lester's a widower trying to give love a second chance. Sarah's new to town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's made <laughs> it something else. That's what's funny to us, you know, and like, you know, we think it'll be entertaining to the people that are, you know, staying tuned in this and that. I would tell you this too. Had I had it to do over again, um, and I, I knew there was a sequel and everything else. This is this is a big piece of advice to you. Like, if you go on Facebook or Twitter, like they control the information. So if you're on website. Set up a thing where you're collecting everyone's email addresses. It's very important to do so that if you do build a following and you have a left, you know, footage, like shoot a bunch of like behind the scenes shit and have enough so you can release like one clip for the first three months every day if you wanted to, right? Do all that stuff and then promise that for the next movie so that when you have everyone's email addresses, you can start sending them stuff and like getting them aware Like this is coming out of it. Tell your friends to sign up over here, da, da, da. I really wish we had done that. That's a smart thing to do. Um, if you have a brand, if you have awareness of the brand, that's the thing you definitely want to do. And that's what we'll do for the for the next movie for sure. Because, like, look, I mean, everyone, like, you know, you need distributors to some extent or whatever. I'm wondering how much you need distributors because they just take a piece of the pie and they don't, you know, maybe they do some
0: marketing for you or some publicity some interesting stories with distributors well
1: most of them are very crooked we actually have an honest one our honest ish one the problem is is that they then hand the film off to somebody in like you know i don't know south america Mm -hmm. and they may not be very honest so it's like you know it's a game of like you know sort of fuck your neighbor or something like this that's going on and then ultimately the filmmakers usually get fucked yeah so the, the, the point of it all though is like well one thing that's interesting nowadays that maybe you know the next film we don't have to depend on we did the marketing essentially ourselves i'll be honest that like we did most of it mm-hmm. i mean i can hire a publicist too not hard to do right um but the, the next go around like you know maybe you hire somebody that's not gonna charge you some sort of marketing fee and all these different things and you know Maybe we make the Blu-rays ourselves, and you know, maybe we can do all this stuff that we don't have to do that we'd have to pay someone a fee on top of everything. For. Well, well, the way so, the technology's
0: I mean, getting, like, why?
1: Like, if you do it yourself,
0: why? Yeah,
1: but I mean, it's, it's, it's sometimes a lot of trouble comparatively. Like, if we can pay someone and make still like five percent less and still make uh, a decent amount, look, like, if I could make. Six dollars on every Blu ray, I would feel it would be worth uh-huh. it to hype the Blu ray. <laughs> <You know laughs> I, mean? I get two dollars, like I'm gonna two dollars because, like, everybody, I'm making like 20 cents. Like, fuck this. Yeah.
0: Mm. Still, though, it's like what you said you're building up popularity for the next one.
1: That's all we're doing at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, just to go back to that, um, it's uh, again, if I didn't stress it, uh, January 1st please go watch it on Tubi or Freebie. Um, uh, you can watch it on Peacock. You can watch it on any of those other ones you want to. Voodoo, Plex, uh, Pluto TV, Roku TV, um, Zumo. Free. If you want to help us, help the filmmakers. I mean, let's be honest. I'll tell you the truth. So the way it is right now uh, for like Freebie, for example, at least right now, this is the case. They'll pay you 10 cents per uh, hour of your film. So our film's like, uh, you know, 90 minutes. Uh-huh. I'll make 15 cents if you watch the whole movie on freebie. On uh, on Tubi, it's like, uh, I want to say it's uh, 22 cents maybe. So uh, like this is the way that independent filmmakers actually get to make money nowadays. And actually can like, you know, um, finish paying off their actors in a good way. Like, I mean, our poor actors work for nothing. And they got points on the movie and like I want to get them some extra cash over mm-hmm. there for working for nothing. And we still haven't paid people off for the movie, I'll be honest. Like we're not in the black black yet. We're I will be there this year for sure. It's an independent film. Well, you people know? take people people take their like, you know, their their pound of flesh every step of the way. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like and, and and then and then the piracy thing. Like we we finally got a distributor in India, but not before like, you know, six months of, of being raped by the uh the, the pirates there like i mean they were, we didn't even like my friends were like oh hey i got your blu-ray and i'm like that's not that's our not blu-ray <laughs> but, uh, and they're like it's dubbed in Tamil," and i'm like someone went to the trouble of dubbing this movie <laughs> like literally dubbing this movie probably chinese like you know like old kung fu movies or whatever like uh style where they're like ah, rah, rah, rah you know like you know the right right. poorly dubbed but but someone went to the trouble of dubbing this in a different indian dialect and even the national that like the national language of india i'm indian is uh is a hindi right for example but they went and did it in (laughs) Tamil. so it's like you know uh yeah we learned a lot this time of what to do what not to do next time so it's very i hope
0: one day they find a way around this i don't know how they will they will ever do that
1: um I mean, look, it's only, I think it's only gonna get worse, frankly. I mean, like, look, I think that people are returning to the theater. So that's the good news, if anything. You know, people yeah. uh, like want to watch films in the theater. I mean, I've seen that Avatar twice now and like, uh, it's it's tough to get through the second time. I'll tell you what, it's great. Great the first time. But, Three and a like, half hours. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, have you seen it? I,
0: I, I want to get, I don't oh, I've get been the sick. Here. I haven't, I haven't left the house like in four days. Oh, so no, I'm no, having, that. that's why I look like crap, but I've got this thing on my nose and. <laughs> oh,
1: all good. All good. All good. We'll edit this out. But um, um, look, 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 people are turning to the theaters is my point and uh, it's, it's going to get um, back to normal, hopefully. And India is one of the most like movie going populations. Although I say this, if we're going to release uh, the second one there, I'm just going to go straight to Avod. At least I can make... I mean, they're going to try to pirate or whatever. Hey, you can watch it for free with ads. Just watch it for free over here. Why pirate it? Let's just watch it for right, free. Right, it's free. You,
0: know? you don't have to pay a dime. That,
1: that's, what we'll do in, yeah, that's what we'll do in uh, India and China. By the way. I don't know how
0: you'd <laughs> get away with that, though. You know, How else are you supposed to get around that? You can't.
1: Here's the no. thing about it. The second you come out... The second we came out on to um, VOD... Uh, it was in April 2020. The very first day we we're on uh, iTunes, my friend calls me and says, there's three perfect copies on these uh, BitTorrent sites," and I'm like, "I just can't even start to think about this right now because, like, I just want to shoot myself." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, well, what's the thing?" He's like, "Look, first off, people who go to these sites, there's, there's a, there's, you know, a real for certain." Um, Internet carriers, there's certainly a thing where they've gone back and charged people from going on these sites and they can tell they bought, they cheated this or cheated that and they, they got involved in the lawsuit, all this stuff. So people are kind of afraid about it and there's people that will just go and do it anyways. So there's not that many people that will go do it anyways. It's the only thing you can, you can be not. you know, sort of assured of. And the other part of it is that, like, look, these hackers, they're in competition with each other. Who can get it on first? Uh-huh. it's that stupid like it's like they will literally like race each other to say i did it i got you know one br onto like you know pirate bay or whatever the fuck it is, you know so you can't think about it it's just it's just what it is this is part of the business I'm playing. Well, I, I but more like people years. feel you know feel bad about not paying for something yeah and they'll you know pay for something <laughs> it, it if they like if they like the first one
0: they'll pay for the second one hopefully you know yeah a lot, a lot, terrifier too, that kind of stuff, right? Right. Well, if you're in the theater, you know that'll help you guys out a bit too. Though, I've gone to flea markets before, and I remember Iron Man was in the theater, and Iron Man was actually on disc in a very nice cover at the flea market.
1: And yeah, well, like, what kind of version of Iron oh, Man are you getting?
0: You're getting some guy, wow. like you know, you know. I'm sure he was recording on somebody's in China, phone. China
1: in a movie theater with a, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it was. Yeah, or on a <laughs> phone. I mean, it could be. I don't. Know,
1: I didn't buy the. I thing. mean, it's been, it's been It's been this kind of shit's been going on for years. I mean, yeah. look. if you remember, like I, I, I'd i be in New York, for example, and I just see a guy with like a blanket that it was just like every movie that's in the theater right next to the theater, <laughs> like, literally right there. And then you pick it up, you'd, you'd be like, all right, if I buy this, it's going to be the this copy ever. And He's like, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know. Probably then it probably is a sh- copy.
0: At least he's honest, well, sort of. An honest crook. Yeah.
1: But- we didn't want you to come back and beat them up for like. A sh- you're, I'm gonna go down the street. It became a thing at a certain point. Like I remember, uh, living in this uh, neighborhood that was near uh Crenshaw uh-huh. and stuff, uh, uh, View Park, it's called. And they literally have guys outside the routes and they had the fucking movies out there, and they have a little portable uh, uh DVD player, and be like, hey, look how good the quality is, dude. <laughs> I tell you, dude. <laughs> I tell you, yeah. I mean. I mean that's ballsy though. Like, I have that good a copy. I'm gonna show you how good it is, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. We're getting we're getting off we're getting up target here. Anything yeah. else? Anything else movie related that we can that we should talk about?
0: Not from my end, unless you have something that you would that would help you market your We we talked about the Blu-ray, we talked about I mean the main the main thing for us
1: is it. uh please watch it on Two B or freebie. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, it would help us out a lot. If you want to watch it on Peacock or whatever, you can do all that shit too. None of it hurts, but uh, the one thing that helps us, if anything, is watching it on those two platforms. But I will tell you this. If you watch stuff on TV, you realize that commercials are so short that you can't even go take a piss and come back. You literally got to you know, stop the movie because you're going to run past the commercials and into the next part of the movie if you don't stop it. So uh, I would just tell you, it's it's not that cumbersome. To watch a movie with that. Uh if you really do need to watch it without any ads, uh shudder, run shudder. I gotta run though, right now. Um, but uh good talking to you and let's let's uh let's figure out how we can uh hype this on social media when uh we can bring it out, okay?
0: All right, but thank you so much.
1: All right, of course.
0: Cheers. Nice talking to you. All right, have a good day, yeah. You as well. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of the independent filmmaker. If you are a filmmaker and would like to be on the show, drop us an email at tifilmmaker at gmail.com. That's all one word, tifilmmaker at gmail.com. There's new episodes every Monday.